It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday october 31st halloween and you're listening to episode 544 here with me haunting the podcast your normal host jason is mr julio nasario hey jason how's it going it is going pretty well it's going pretty well how are you doing Doing good, doing good. It's been a crazy October. Um, you know, it's been a busy October, which can be good, both on a uh, game design front uh, and personal life front as well. Uh, but it's been manageable for sure. Yeah, yeah, I understand the feeling on that. Uh, personal life stuff has been busy for us, too. Game design has been steady uh, and, and ramping, I think, on a few projects that are going to get really busy i had some co-designers that were not free for a while um and and there were times mm-hmm. actually and i wasn't super free in the last couple months either uh and so now it's all kind of coming together and now it's it's going to be busy 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 well good i mean uh, you know especially i guess during the holidays maybe it's not as good as you might think but it really depends on what your plans are because i know you know, Essence, uh, you know, went went by, and I guess the last convention of the year would be PAX Unplugged. So probably mm-hmm. people, whoever's going to PAX Unplugged, would be trying to get things ready for that. And, you know, that's uh, in December. So I think at this point, you still got some time, you know, start getting those games polished up, and probably in November, start reaching out to publishers to set up any meetings that you might want to get because PAX Plug gets a good uh, attendance of publishers. So it's a good one that I, that I always enjoy. Yeah. I, I really, really wish I could go this year. Um, we're starting to like some heavy pitching on a few games and I really, really wish that I could be at PAX Unplugged for that, but it's just not in the cards this year. Unfortunately, um, I would actually be comfortable going. I got my newest booster and, you know, uh, I think I'd be comfortable going, but it's just timing wise with the family stuff. It's unfortunately not going to work out. Yeah. At this point you went to Gen Con. So any, everything <laughs> besides that, it's, it's a, uh, it's a lower risk. I would say, you know, as long as right, you're right. keeping your, your, <laughs> the, the same safety precautions. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a fair point. And, um, and I certainly uh, agree with that. And, and PAX Unplug is one that's been on my list for a while that I really, really would like to attend. So I, I'm, I've said this last year and the year before and the year before and the year before, I think, back all the way back to 2019, I was like, oh, I'm going to go. Uh, but I'm really going to try and go next year um, because everybody mm-hmm. I know goes. I've heard it's great. It's it, it, Even if I am able to talk to zero publishers, which seems unlikely, but if I'm able to talk to zero publishers, I'll still see like, so many game designers that I know that it would be worth going just for that. Oh yeah. And, and it's such a, even though it's a big convention is it's a pretty lax one. You can definitely hang out with people as well. I am not going this year. I was planning on going, but uh, you know, it's definitely not in the cards either. Uh, just kind of, you know, with uh, having a, a second child and, and all mm-hmm. that. And it's, it's just kind of, focusing on family and and then we're gonna go to puerto rico at the end of the year so that'll cool. be you know nice to visit family and all that um but yeah uh it, w- there's always next year like you said uh and there's a lot yep. of 
new conventions throughout the years. So just kind of plan accordingly and make sure it all works out well. Mm-hmm. Once again, uh, just when I'm coming down to your neck of the woods, you'll be in Puerto Rico. <laughs> So oh, I'll really? be driving. I'll be driving through your your town again, uh, on the way to Tybee Island. We're going again this year uh, from uh, December twenty sixth, I think, to uh, January third. We'll be down there. Hanging well, I guess you're house. you're. We're both escaping the cold in different uh, in different ways, capacities. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, for for us, Tybee being like sixty uh, is is super hot compared to what we'll have back at our place. You know. Um, and it's yeah, a great time. It'll, it's funny. It'll be fun. There's not a lot of destinations that I'd be willing to go to a lot. And I think the first time we went to Tybee Island, I, I didn't expect us to be like, oh, we're going to go every year. And and I don't think we will. But but this is the third year in a row now. <laughs> so it's nice. become a bit of a thing. Um, and the whole family kind of voted and said they all wanted to go again. So we said, all right, well, we'll do it at least this time. And then we'll see after that uh, if if we can keep it up or not. So now you know, listeners, uh, builders, uh, the Jason will be doing some pre-recorded stuff for, for the holidays, which you probably always do. <laughs> yeah, I try to. Yeah, I certainly try to. If nothing else, because other people may not be available. I mean, it's pretty easy for me to sneak away for an hour most of the time and record a show. Uh, but it's it's a little harder to you know grab everybody else to do that. So yeah, I am trying once again to get ahead. It was really nice. I had a month off from recording. Uh, and uh, that was that was a nice a nice little break. It's probably the longest break from recording I've ever taken on the podcast as my guest, and uh, and it was nice. Uh, I missed it, and I was happy to get back to it. But it was it was a nice break. Uh, so right now, hopefully, uh, you won't get too used to it. Right, right. No, I. Uh, it's just nice to get ahead. It's it, it it gives comfort for if there's a reason to have to skip a week or two for something. So uh, it really is a good way to to try and do it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. You need to take a break every once in a while. You know, at least once every every six years is fine. <laughs> right, right. It was my sabbatical, my month long sabbatical for uh for my tenth anniversary of the podcast. You know, so uh, it's cool, cool. <laughs> Get another one in ten years, it'll be great. Round episode a thousand. You know, we'll call it even. <laughs> so, so what's been going on, Jason? What's been going on with you? Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about that. Um. So I've been, I was mentioning earlier, I've got a lot of stuff coming up. So I've got uh, a publisher that's asked me to work on a couple roll and writes, just small ones for them, hmm. um, for, which is, it's um, in tandem with some other stuff that I'm doing with that publisher, um, some stuff I've done and some new stuff I'm doing. Uh, but I, I can't, it, it, none, I don't think any of it is, uh, none of it is uh, like set in stone yet, right? Like it, it may or may not happen, but I'm, I'm putting it together. Uh, we're going to see how they think, how they feel about it. And hopefully those will come out. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that, but uh, I'm doing them all on my own, uh, which is, it's been a while since I've really sat down and designed like a full on game on my own. Uh, and so that's weird. It's, uh, it's reminding me of why I like to co-design Uh-oh. that, like, <laughs> you know, that like, in that like insular feeling of not having somebody to immediately bounce ideas off from. I'm not a fan of that. Like I've really come to depend on the ability to be able to just say, Hey, co-designer, what do you think of these ideas around this game? And so it's, it's really weird not to have that. And it, I don't know. It, it's weird. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. It feels weird. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's the, especially when when you kind of shift the way you're doing things for a while. And, and again, it, it will definitely shift again because as designers, we, we like to try different things and we may get comfortable doing something. And, and then we're like, I'm not doing it that way for a while. I'm trying something different. And again, it just kind of we find ourselves as what we like to do and how we are better at doing things a certain ways. And if that's how it works with you, then, hey, I think going back into doing a solo design is going to be a good exercise. And and, and ultimately, I hope it works out for you. I mean, I want you to be successful in it, Um, but no pressure, you know. It's good, though. It really is good to be able to do it again, Uh, because like I said, it's been a while. I mean, I've been I've been working on these small coaching games over the last couple months here that I'm using for my my coaching business where I do like development coaching with people and team building activities. And those, I feel really good about doing those on my own uh, or with, you know, hiring, you know, mm-hmm. I, I hired somebody to do a little bit of writing for one of the games because I needed some extra content. Um, but in general, I don't mind working those on my own, but it's because it's different, right? They're not something that I'm trying to put together from scratch like to sell to the hobby game market every time. A lot of it is one-off games that I'm going to use in my coaching business. And so they just, I don't know, there's a lot less pressure there for me than there is of sending these games off and saying, play this game without me, right? Like a lot of this stuff to start out are games that I'm playing with companies directly. So I'm there, I'm running it, I'm making sure everything's smooth. And there's a lot less pressure when you're doing that, right? You can wing it if you have to. But when you send a game out to somebody with the rules, right? I mean, like that's that's yeah. it. <laughs> that's what happens. Um, that's true, and and I guess it is, it does kind of tie with something going on on my side of things, um, because as you all know, I you know since last year I was working on this game for a company called Nerdy Nuts Peanut Butter Belly Time. Yeah. Um, and you know, as of now, I can share that I. I think because I haven't been involved in this Kickstarter part of things. The, the they're going to do a Kickstarter in November. Um, oh, cool, cool. Yes, um, it is a little different. I think the Kickstarter is is really for for I guess to get a, a audience hype for the game because they've uh, they uh, their pledge levels include extra stuff besides the game because they they already kind of printed done a first print run of the game, which is uh, right. a little different right. of how things run, but they are a company that doesn't usually do the, they don't do games. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But they know how to do their marketing. Um, so I'm excited to see how that works out. Um, I am. I love peanut butter belly time is one of my favorite designs. Uh, my, f- my family definitely loves it a lot. It's one of those games mm-hmm. that they, want to keep playing you know multiple times a night kind of thing and that obviously always makes you happy you know not just because they're family but also you know people that just play it it's kind of the same like the the owner of the company says the same thing and that obviously is a good feeling and um, mm-hmm. and they did a, a fantastic job on the production so i'm excited about that but uh you know they I was designing a game for them and I didn't know how their audience, who their audience was and just getting to know that was an interesting process. Uh, and ultimately being able to make a game that would be uh, ideal for that audience that doesn't really play games uh, more like a family and um, 
kind of that uh, uh, TikTok and Instagram audience. It's kind of interesting that way. Uh, but also catering to uh, gamers in a sense where it's still uh, competitive and, and approachable and gateway kind of thing. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really excited of, you know, where this game goes uh, it, and uh, what's going to happen afterwards. Because if it is successful for them, then maybe do an, a follow-up and kind of stuff. And that, that's been yeah. some allu- uh, alluding to that. So we'll see what happens. It's been... It's been up, ups and downs working with the company, but that's kind of honestly the same with any company, honestly. Um, but uh, but it's been mainly positive, so it's been good. Um, on the on another, on the other side of things regarding publishing, as as you all know, I last time I was on the podcast, I think it was September. Um, I had talked about a game that we were looking to kickstart by. We it was a uh, Michael Belso and and um, Kendall um, Grace Kendall, uh, they're the uh, tabletop mentorship folks. Uh, but last year, twenty twenty one, they did a short run Kickstarter for a roll and write called Trick or Treat: The Aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of they they live in Asheville, so uh, they go uh, sometimes to the Game Designers North Carolina meetings and stuff like that, and. I was playtesting one of their games that they're looking to publish in one of these uh, October uh, Halloween stuff, and and their game wasn't there yet. Uh, and we just started, you know, going back and forth. And again, this is like early September, and yeah, I just yeah. brought I, and, and something Mike said that kind of kind of light up my light bulb was that I maybe since this one's not there yet, maybe we just do like a components only game. And and make it kind of easier for us, and and that kind of brought to my uh, my mind uh, my game, uh, Sheep Cheap Rescue, which won the Hava Design Contest a couple years yeah. back in 2018, which was a what I call a micro dexterity game, where you use the table as the main place, to, you know, a main location to play the game. Um, but obviously, how do I turn that into? Uh, a Halloween game, and we decided to do like a uh, because in the original game, your sheep. Well, I'm not gonna explain the original. I'm just gonna explain how we changed it. Uh, we have a one versus many when one player is the ghost, and the other players are trick or treaters. The trick or treaters have to mm-hmm. capture the uh, collect the candy, which are four pieces of candy, um, before the ghost captures them. Uh, but the coolest thing about this one is the movement mechanism on, for both the ghosts and the trigger treaters. I have this wheel, which we call the Hallow Wheel. Great name. <laughs> um, and and essentially, this thing pushes the trigger treaters as it rolls, and you're trying for them not to fall on their side or off the table. And it just looks super cool because it's just sliding across long distances, which is something that a meeple doesn't usually do. Um, and then with the ghost, you're just hitting it kind of like a, like a pool with the, with the wheel and it just slides as well because it's a little wider and more stable. Um, and it, it just, the, that change in theme just kind of clicked and, and we just went off to the races kind of getting ready for the short run Kickstarter. We had like, you know, 50 copies to sell for, uh, you know, before Halloween and we were able to sell them all uh that was you know obviously pretty cool and i was you know printing non-stop with all these pieces because i redesigned right. the pieces i designed 
uh, how they do look uh, three-dimensionally, and I'm very proud of how they turned out. Um, and I printed them all as well. And that was like, to print, to do 50 games, it was honestly like 25 days for all the components. Um, because wow. as a designer, you know, you, you were problem solvers, solvers, right? Um, so one thing that I wanted to do is have some sort of uh, um, component to hold everything uh, together. One thing they did last year is that the packaging had this uh, Halloween theme to it, and they just put the game there, which was you know, obviously pretty efficient. But I wanted to have this bag that you could just have the components in, and you carry this small bag with 10 components, and it's definitely a micro game that you just carry around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, I have my, you know, brother's cannon cut, which by the way, I, I listened to the, one of the episodes in the past with Connor, um, and Heather, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I, brother's cannon cut is something you should look into as well. You know, in the, we can talk more about it later. Uh, but if for this one specifically, I was thinking maybe I get some bags and I can get these, you know, iron on vinyls and cut the, the logo, which Fernando uh, Kua, you know, uh, one of our, yeah, uh, he he did the the graphic design for that logo, and it was fantastic. Um, uh, and I was gonna do Iron On for all those copies, and and that's a lot. Uh, even with a <laughs> with a, a equipment, you know, you're still cutting and ironing on and taking these uh, logos off. 50 times and i'm like man i don't think i'm gonna have the time to do that you know i'm calculating my printing time and and how long everything's gonna take to be able to to uh send everything before october and i came up with this idea that i'm very proud of was as you know i got a a laser cutter a couple months ago um and this thing can do engraving um Mm -hmm. and i thought and i thought maybe if i get like a felt bag you know felt bags have this little you know, like uh, half a millimeter uh, little hair on the bags kind of thing. Yep, if I yep. can, if I can burn that only the little hair on the felt, um, maybe I can do an engraving on, on the bags. And I did some trial and error and I was able to do that. So it's awesome. So, it, you know, it, it basically the bags are black and with the engraving, the engraving looks gray. So, but it looks sharp, man. And, and each bag took about, you know, less than 40 minutes to engrave, but I only had to take the bag, put it in the thing and that's it. And, and then, then walk away until it's done. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that was uh, a great time saver and I'm very excited how that turned out. Um, so at this point I've given all the components to uh, Mike and Grace and they'll be shipping them out before or I guess they're shipping them out on the 21st of October. So by this point, people should be receiving their games. Whoever backed it, thank you for the support on that. Uh, but it was a short run Kickstarter that was came together fairly quickly. Obviously, it had a game that took some time to design. But for a game like that, it has been difficult to sign because it's not something that people are usually looking for. But maybe this can give it some extra life in the sense of people play it, and then maybe somebody says, this is awesome. I may want to publish it and it's available. You know, it's not something like it's self-published at this point. Right. Um, and it's 50 copies, a little over 50 copies that you're sending out. So it, there's still a big audience out there. So you never know. 
Uh, Put it on board Green Geek. It's official. It's done. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, But at the very least, you know, we got something fun and cool out there that's different. Uh, You know, self-made that we're proud of. I got to do the 3D components. I got to do the design. I did the rule book, uh, which is something that I've never, you know, obviously done on a professional basis. So it's something that, you know, it's you can tell it's not the best work, but it's definitely good right. work that I am I, I can be behind. On. I mean, so, it's a short run mini game, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be like the level of like you know Hasbro or something. I mean, it's it's not you know I mean it's not that right. So yeah, yeah. and I also did a how to play video. Uh, you can search for it on YouTube, Flick or Treat, um, and I'm very proud of that one as well. I kind of. Tr- trying out different things as you know that's kind of been my thing this year uh doing different things and working on things that i've already worked on making things better and that's kind of the theme all around here you know yeah no and i'm really excited for the success y'all had on that i'm mostly excited to get my copy which i haven't yet but that's because you're saying people should have it as of the time this is airing um and yeah as of the time this recording which is which is a ways in advance i don't have it yet but i can't yeah, but I can't I can't wait to get it um, because it looks really fun. And it's a cool game that I mean, I, I remember seeing that original sheep version um, and thinking of how cool it was. So I'm excited to be able to check out this version and play it with my kids. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. You can play this game with real candy. And that's that's pretty awesome. Right. right. Fight for your candy. <laughs> and speaking of of how to play videos and stuff. So, um. So another topic that I thought, you know, right now, in case listeners, in case you haven't figured it out, we're just kind of bouncing around and some different update stuff as Julio and I like to do sometimes talking about things we've been working on and stuff and what we're, what we're doing. Um, there's a, there's a game that I'm working on with Michael Wasbrock. I'm working on two with him right now because our game became two games. Um, and for the one of them, uh, for the, you are here game, we're, we're getting ready to pitch that um, because, you know, which is, first of all, it's weird to us because, uh, we worked on Before the Light Dies for a long time and then split the game in half to be a party game and then Before the Light Dies to, to be what it originally was meant to be, um, which is a little more serious. And so what we've ended up with is a party game that's we, we've reached the point where it's like we could put a bunch more time into it and make small developments. Right. We've run quite a few play tests. Those have given good feedback. We've made good changes. But like a lot of the things that have to happen with this game now involve artwork and things like that. Right. Because, you know, you're in this game, you're trying to find someone on a map, think of like a where's Waldo style. And that's not artwork you can just commission for fun. Right. Like that's not just like something that I can pay someone to like do something to be representative of what we want. You know, it just doesn't work that way (laughs) because it's, it's a big thing. Um, So, you know, we're looking at putting a sell sheet together. Uh, I'm going to make a pitch video. Um, that'll be kind of like a playthrough because I think what I want to do is actually a full round playthrough just with myself. Um, but Mm -hmm. you know, shooting it so that it appears to be more than one person and then actually doing the full round and just speeding it up and doing some cuts to make it, you know, play through the whole thing to kind of give like a play, like to kind of give an instruction to video that's almost like a real short actual play video, you know? Um, yeah, a lot of the publishers that we've seen, especially the mass market side, they they ask for actual play videos on on things like party games. They they really enjoy seeing people enjoying the game, or you know, I mean, 
because yeah. I, I think because, you know, you can't really, it's hard to fake that. Right. Um, you, you can see that the energy. So for this one, we're going to kind of do it in half for now. And then if we can get some more actual plays that we can record, we'll do that. Um, but make yeah, sure to I, tell you that your, your play testers to be extra excited when they're playing. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, like that, here's a point for people to remember too. If you are pitching a game to a publisher and you're doing one of those pitches where the publisher just kind of wants to watch people play the game as some publishers like, Oh, it's just a, let's do a game. I just, I just want to watch some people play. Um, or they want to sit down and play with you, but they said, let's have a group of people play with us. Make sure your friends know that. Um, yeah, I've over the years, this was a long time ago, but I've had those awkward <laughs> moments where like somebody will like give you criticism or feedback on the game that you're like, yo, <laughs> not the time. Know your audience. Yeah. Um, right. So uh, um, I, I have been on the other side of that where uh, I, I, you know, I know it was for a pitch and, you know, I was definitely trying to be extra optimistic about the game, even though I know it was a fun game because I play tested in the past. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember the designer coming to me and saying, thank you for, for being who you are and how, uh, how you reacted to my game. And, and, you know, I, it's a fun game. I really wasn't, but I know I was being a, a little extra because right, right, right. Yeah. It, it, it is something that sometimes as designers, we turn off that, mm-hmm. uh, fun mm-hmm. side of us. And we just try to focus on, on the logistics and, and the mechanical part of the game. But when we're want to have fun i think it's it's right, having right. that and being conscious about that is important right it's like i think that you uh yeah i think the advice i would give is you want to be honest right like you don't yep. want somebody don't ask like if somebody says to you hey will you play this game with a publisher with me and it's a game that you really really feel like you would have to lie if asked directly from the publisher then maybe think about that right they, did you enjoy this mm-hmm. game and like they're going to ask you specific details um what did you enjoy i enjoyed when it was over um but (laughs) but um but i i do think it's it's appropriate to to turn up your enthusiasm a little bit um because as designers like you said julio we're we're sometimes bad at that um but i think that in general too that when you've played a game multiple times like especially when you've tested it a bunch for someone and then you're sitting down with a publisher for it you really have to do like a shift right in your brain to say okay this play test has a different purpose and it's not about giving feedback it's about having a fun time you know or like i've had people like gosh this was so long ago i don't even think i know the person anymore who did this maybe this is why i don't know but like they like actively trolled the publisher like we were playing oh a game and I don't, it was like an old i think it was a trick take game or something it was forever ago but like they like actively like picked down the publisher like as an opponent I was like, uh, what a jerk. Like, why would, first of all, don't do that to people in general. But like, why, like, why would you make the publisher have a bad time with this game? That's not cool. Don't do that. Um, and I, like I said, I don't even remember what game it was. I think it was, it was a card game. Um, and, uh, and needless to say, the publisher was not interested in the game. Um, and I don't remember who the person was. I feel like it's one of those like designers that I've known over the years, or even just a player that I've known over the years that I don't, there've been so many people, right. It's not like someone I'm close to. Um, it was probably yeah, Roscoe. Really... That sounds like something Roscoe would do. <laughs> oh, Roscoe <laughs> Sorry, would Roscoe. Do we love you, Roscoe. Right. Right. It's probably Rob couch. Sounds like something that jerk would do. 
I'm just, you know, Rob yeah. actually was yeah. a pretty there good go. wingman for, for, uh, if you were pitching a game. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Memories. Well, so that was that. Um, so anyway, so we're, <laughs> I've got to put together a pitch video and it's been a while since I've done one of those. Um, but I know what I want to do. It's a simple game. I have all the components, you know, so I just need to, you know, set it up nicely and then, and then do it and do a bunch of editing. I'm actually excited to dive into it because it's, it's been a while. Um, and you know, with some games, it's kind of like, what do I do? Like, how do I make this pitch video good and, you know, unique and stand up, you know, stand on its own. And that can be hard sometimes. I feel like with certain games, like it can be hard to break them down. And, and, and I know that there are some people that are just fabulous at it, right? Like they can just crush those videos and make them super succinct. And I'm just not that person. So for a party game or something like that, I feel really competent in it. But if it's a more complex game uh, where I've made those, I've usually asked the co-designer to help me write the script to make sure mm. that it is something uh, that I feel comfortable about, you know, <laughs> that it's going to be good. And, and that's the filmmaker in you, I think, because I don't do things like that. I'm just yeah, I just yeah. wing it and and keep making mistakes until, until I get it right. Right. Yeah, no, I literally write a script um, and I read the script as I do it so that I have it for the shots. And then I re-record the script, you know, with with my mic to make it sound nicer. Um, yeah, I, I do too much on it uh, for sure. But it's just I mean, yeah, it's I'm super nitpicky about it. And and I still when I get done with a lot of them I'm like this is garbage um, because, you know, I want it to be perfect. And, uh, yeah, and but ultimately, not. obviously, you're showing your game to somebody that's never seen it before, and 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 there's you know obviously just teasing, uh, because you want to make sure to have the best version of your game shown through a digital media that is not what it represents, and that's something that I've honestly had some difficulty on, um, because you know with the pandemic, I've been able to do pitching online and and all of that, but it's not it's not what I excel at. I'm usually re because a lot of, you know, a lot of my games have that some physical components, but mm -hmm. I really excel at, you know, showing my game in person. And I think a lot of us do. Um, but uh, it, we're just we got to, of course, adapt and, and making sure we expand our horizons um, and whatever we can do to uh, make bo every version of our pitching better then go for it. Uh, you know, if you want to spend mm -hmm. 10 hours doing the how to uh, how to play video or a pitch video for your game go for it as long as it's going to be uh, uh the best version of it then awesome yeah i think you just need to learn how to manage your time in the way that's going to make you happy with the things you're working on and for you julio i, I mean you are a very enthusiastic person i think when you're talking about your games and that comes through online for sure but you're right in person i think that's you're really really good at having that come through and showing yeah. like if you had a stack of 10 games every time you grabbed a new game in fact i've sat with you before where you've like shown us like three or four games like i think the first gen con i met you at you were like oh look at this game and then look at this game and every time you pull out a new game it was like you like started over fresh and you were like this is the <laughs> first game i'm showing you and like i believed that right um and i think that's important because you know i've seen when you, when a designer is trying to show five games to a publisher or something you can get tired right like doing that not like oh i'm so exhausted but like it's mentally exhausting right and yeah, um yeah depending on the publisher's reactions to a game right 
like that can really color the rest of your feelings around the uh around the um the other pitches you're going to do during that session but i think you're really good at just keeping it fresh at least from what i've seen maybe that was just a good day for you i don't know but i have a feeling <laughs> no thank you th- thank you i guess i really hadn't think about thought about it but but i guess you're right um like it doesn't matter if you have you know 10 games or one make sure you treat every single game that you're showing as the main game that you're pitching um mm-hmm. Because the reason why you're pitching it is because you think it's ready to be played by a uh, large audience that will enjoy it. And it's at a level of polish that you're comfortable with, and especially because you're showing it. Um, and you're not going to be like, oh, no, nah, this game is okay, uh, but let me show you this one. The, if, you're not, if, if you have games that are at that level where you're not excited to show it, then you probably shouldn't be showing it. Um, because mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're still lacking on some aspect that only you know. Um, so yeah, well, thank you for that. I guess I it's been it's been it's been a while since I, I didn't. You know, I, sure. I only gone to one convention this year, and and I always right kinda, right. That's kind of how I, I I do things, and I'm excited to get back into some physical ones and and do some more in person pitching because I have a lot of games to show, as you always know. <laughs> Right, right. And you know what? It's okay too. like, I don't want people to think like they have to be like, this next game is going to blow your mind. I mean, I actually think <laughs> like I've done this with publishers and I feel like it's appropriate when you show them the main pitch and then say, you know what? I have one more game. I don't know if it's up your alley, but I'd like to show it to you. If you don't like yeah, it, no big that... deal. But the second you, and they say yes. And the second you start pitching it, mm-hmm. you have to be fresh and you have to be on. Now it's a game that you truly believe you can sell to them. Um, in the only time I think it's good to, and maybe you think it's bad to do that, but the only time I feel like it's good to frame that of like, Hey, this may not be for you is if I feel like I'm pushing it right. Like to say like, this is not the type of game this company would normally probably do, but I'm already showing them games and they seem yeah. to like me. I'm going to say, Hey, this might be out of your wheelhouse, but I, I want you to take a look at it. You know, um, <laughs> I, I think that's important only because I, I never want, I always am so afraid that publishers are going to be like, did you even look at the games we've done? Because this is completely outside of our wheelhouse. Yeah. For me, the the best time to do that is because one, one of the hardest things, especially in person is setting up a game to a certain state, right. To be showing it. Um, but you know, for me, I, I have a portfolio with me of sell sheets um and you know it's all that my games that i'm pitching are in there and i just go through them as as you know depending on the publisher i it's a it's a binder so it has um i can change the sheets around so if mm-hmm. i know i'm seeing a certain publisher i change the sheets for the games that i want to show them to the front so i don't have to be looking for the games um and and then after i get to that point of course if they want to look at a specific game further then that's when i take out the game but if it gets to that point where they may still want to see what else i have then i go to the to the farther to the back part of the portfolio and 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 that is a you know i a good idea to do especially if if they are open to because one thing for sure is oh you can never know the future uh, you can know the present and the past for a publisher, but you don't know what they're looking for. Uh, sometimes what they, they might be looking to expand and go into something different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or they may say, this isn't for us, but this looks interesting. Have you talked to this other publisher about it? I actually, yeah. 
showed a publisher a game recently and they came back and said, this looks super cool. This type of game has not done well for us. You should talk to this company. And I was like, okay, thanks. I appreciate it. And then they responded back one more time and said, Hey, here's the, here's the best way to submit to them. They like actually went out and found it and sent it back to me. Like they were, they, they liked the game enough to know it wasn't for them, but wanted to see somebody else see it. Uh, And I was really flattered by that. Like that's, that's really kind. (laughs) But the binder idea though, was fantastic um, to be able to do that uh, and just show people games that way. So that you're not having to get the whole game out and say, okay, let me show you this game and this, you know, especially, you know, like you said, you have a lot of games that you're pitching a lot of times. So you need to be, you know, concise about it, right? To spend your time well with each publisher, not waste your time, not waste their time. Yeah. And even again, if you have two or three games, obviously, uh, I, you know, sell sheets are can be, you know, some people like and some people don't. But at the very least, they have the vital information that er Mm -hmm. anybody needs to know something about the game and at least a representative picture. And and that can be all you need to just click somebody's interest. Yes, exactly. It's surprising how. how little information you need to make somebody see that and think, Oh, that looks cool. I want to know more about that. Right. <laughs> so thinking of an anecdote. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah. So I was thinking of an anecdote about, you know, like I, one of my fears about making sure that you find good publisher fit. Like it's something I'm very, very concerned about overly concerned about, but it's from doing things like working at bo- booths, like green couch games. And this is my opinion. This is not Jason's opinion, but like working at a game, like, I use Green Couch Games as an example because, like, if you and walk Jason, up to their this booth, is this is Jason, the owner of Green, <laughs> Green Couch. Yes, for yes, those that yeah, may not know. Yeah, it's not J- <laughs> that Jason's opinion. Thank you. It's it's my opinion. But like, <laughs> when you walk up to his booth, if you take ten seconds to scan what he has, you one hundred percent would know that he sells small box games. They look incredibly family friendly. They're probably not super complex. Um, you know, they're probably not super long, but they're fun. They're family friendly. You know, literally, if you look at their sign, it says great little games They make great big connections. Right. And to see a person walk up and pull out a sell sheet and say, I've got this four X game I want to show you. And I want to be like, just keep walking. Just keep walking. Like, <laughs> why? Like, right. And like feeling like embarrassed for that designer to say, like, dude, like, this is not it, right? Like, and now if you do happen to have a smaller game, you've made this publisher possibly, right? I'm not speaking for Jason, but if it was me, you've made the publisher feel like this person's not even paying attention to my company, right? Um, they're just they're just seeing that I'm selling games and trying to get me to publish their game. And, and so working at booths like that really showed me how not good it is if you don't pay attention to that. So I'm just really, really big on that. Like I said, probably overly so. I think publishers nowadays have, you know, they have a a pretty expansive portfolios, a lot of them. And I think a lot of them do delve into different areas, but I'm still nervous about it. I'm still nervous about screwing it up. Yeah, and it's weird because there are things that they're uh, very successful for them and things that haven't been successful. But if you pitch in something that is on the line of the successful, they're like, oh, they're you're just competing with my own game. And then on right, the one right. that's not successful, it's kind of, well, we haven't been successful with those. So what do right, I do, right? right. So- <laughs> well, in that publisher that I was speaking of that I showed a game to, 
And they said, yeah, these type of games don't do well for us. They actually had a decent library of those types of games, which is why I went to them. Uh, what I didn't notice was that they hadn't published one in a few years, which partly mm. was, I figured it was because of the pandemic, right? But no, it was it was also because those games just didn't do very well for them, so they moved away from it. Well, um, I know we've kind of been going on a little about pitching and all that, and I know the builders like that, but... Do we have a, a? I think we have another topic that that's on one eighty in a sense because it's not necessarily related to game design. What's that topic? Well, um, as I I mentioned this in the past, and it's something that I've had on my mind for for a little while, um, but I have just recently gone into my five year mark as a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I did, and a lot of builders know that, uh, uh, when I first started, I was in Tennessee, I didn't have a, a game, uh, design group. Uh, so I created one and kind of nurtured that group because even though I was new, I was learning a lot of things. And one of the things I did was that I had a Facebook group, uh, and I would post one tip of things that I learned regarding game design for board games a day for a whole year i did mm-hmm. this um and i took all those tips and i put them in word document you know back then um and i had this document for a while and i'm like it'd be cool to revisit this as you know five years time and see what you know future julio thinks about these past julio comments you know um so i've been wanting to uh, do like a short run podcast because i've one of the major uh um resources that i've learned a lot from starting out were podcasts you know like building the game uh but there were a lot more podcasts when i first started and i don't know if it was the pandemic but a lot of game design podcasts has just disappeared in the last couple of years right Um, right so i think there's a there's a good you know some good openings to you know just maybe do something a little different and fresh and in this case where i'm talking about doing like a 15 to 25 minute episodes and again it's gonna be i don't know 52 to 55 episodes because i'm doing one a, a week for a whole year uh and it's just gonna be me just mm-hmm. going on about uh seven tips every episode because it's one a day for a week uh and what i think about him now and how things have changed and maybe put in something new that i've learned along the way um so obviously i've i've been uh you know partial co-host uh for building the game for a while so obviously you've been doing this for a little while as well you know podcasting so i wanted to just ask uh you know things tips from you of how i can do a successful podcast and what do i need to get it started obviously done some research but i definitely want to get your thoughts on it yeah so um first of all i'm super excited about that and i will absolutely listen to that i love the idea of getting good tips but also getting that self-reflection which i think is super fun um so so the good news is for you to do a podcast you have a lot of the things in place you already need right you got quality microphone You've got, you know, you're used to talking on podcasts. You've done that for a minute. <laughs> so you've gotten pretty polished mm-hmm. at that, which is awesome. You know what your content's going to be, which is great. Um, you know, 
I think the big things for somebody like you to consider are how you'll distribute the podcast, right? Like what service you'll use for that. Um, How you record it Um, is not. Oh, go ahead. Well, let's uh, let's see if we can uh, try to answer them as we go. Um, I guess before I go any further, uh, the podcast, uh, I think it's tentatively called uh, Morgan Design in 365. Um, Mm -hmm. just kind of a little on the nose there. Uh, and the, I guess where I think it's going to go essentially, uh, you know, I'm part of the game designers in North Carolina. Uh, and Mm -hmm. we have, you know, we have a podcast as well. Uh, and, and we publish an episode once every three, four months and it, 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 we can do more for sure. And, and I already Mm -hmm. talked with, with them about hosting it there. Uh, and 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 the, and they're, everybody's good with that. So we already have an established uh, audience there that can get it started for sure. So that's you know mm-hmm. that's a problem resolved at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean that means that you don't have to worry about how you're going to host and distribute it, which are, yep. I think, to me those are two of the trickiest questions. Um, and I still, after ten years, feel like I'm probably not doing it right. I mean, I've built many websites for different things over the years. And at this point, the all the stuff for the podcast feels very legacy to me, and it's not services that I would use anymore. But you know, you've built this ten year history, and all the data is there, and it's a huge pain to move. Uh, so I don't, uh, even though I would really like yeah. to, um, because I'm I'm mostly because I'm afraid that I'm gonna I'm gonna break it if I do that. Right? Like I'm gonna move it over, and it's just gonna break, and it's gonna be awful, and I'm not gonna be able to fix it, or it's gonna be a huge you know, lift a fix. Um, so I think the fact that you've got hosting figured out and that is fantastic. Are you going to do your own website for it or are you going to host it as part of theirs? Um, I, I haven't figured that out yet. It, the, the thing with having my own website is that, like you said, I have to maintain everything. And that's something I've had on you know my mind for a while. I've actually finally... I created uh, my game design company as an LLC, which is something we can get into in the future. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been meaning to do it for a while, but you know, having a website is obviously useful, and and Game Design for North Carolina has a very useful website because we have some very talented people that they do that for their day job and they've been very gracious to develop our website and it is so user-friendly with all the members and you can search members by name and everybody has their own page and you can see whatever games they sign whatever games they publish and whatever games they're looking publications so it's a very already a very useful website that i i'm already using but of course this is kind of my content right so I, I'm not opposed to having it a part of theirs uh, as well because it is something that I I definitely grown uh, as part of a, a community here, uh, and I want to make sure that I, we can reach every single person that we can. Um, now, again, I don't want to put more work on my hands than I need to. That's honestly the right, big right. thing there, and that because I'm that already... is another piece of advice I would give you for sure is don't make it harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. So again, um, we'll, we'll, we'll start off with the simplest path, right? Um, if I already have the tools available and, uh, and whatever I can use, that's already there. Let's start with that. Uh, and I, of course, this is, will hopefully go on for a year. Um, that's my plan. Uh, 
uh, and we'll see what happens from from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, one piece of advice I would give to any podcaster, which is one that I have done and not done and that I'm trying to do again, as I mentioned earlier, is record a few episodes ahead of time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to, because I, I believe at this, one of the pieces of advice I was given early on is that consistency matters in podcasting. Um, I know you just said that the game is out in North Carolina published once every few months, but that's kind of the thing, right? You publish when you feel like it, not a big deal. Um, but if you're going to say this is going to be a weekly podcast, then it needs to be yep. a weekly podcast until it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and I mean? So that's something that that's a big commitment and getting yourself ahead, mm-hmm. even if you record four or five episodes, right. And then every week force yourself to record an episode or two. And then eventually you'll be done, hopefully a month or two early. And you'll just be, you know, <laughs> ready to click publish every week. Like, you know, that's always my goal is on Sunday. I want to go log in, click publish, tweet about it and go back to doing stuff with my family. Right. Yeah. And honestly, um, uh, what what really is interesting here is that I want these episodes to be in the in their own sense at least timeless to the to the year, right? I'm not gonna be talking about any personal things, probably uh, well, like what's going on right now at this week kind of thing. I right, may right. just do like uh, uh, episode zero where I just do a brief introduction of myself and things I've that's a uh, you know, published idea. and stuff like that. Uh, and then I'm gonna go from there and and talk personal experience up to this point kind of thing. Uh, so that will make it useful. It doesn't matter if, you know, Gen Con time, I'm not going to be mentioning any, any ongoing conventions where I'm going to be at and stuff like that. It's just going to be based on the tips for that specific week, uh, which is interesting because, um, I, I opened the document, uh, which I hadn't opened in a while and it's 39 pages and a little over 20,000 words. Um, and I am not a writer, you know, so that seems a lot to me. It may not be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 20,000 but... words is 20,000 words. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least a rule book, you know, my rule books are usually, uh, you know, one to four pages. So 39 pages hey, me is, too. is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, and so going through these, I, I, I'm going to be excited about, it, but I do remember when I was doing these tips, tips a day, there was a lot of pressure. Cause I had to do it every single day and I know it's going to be every single week, but it's definitely a different medium. That's a little more complicated and making sure that things are done well. And, and I don't repeat myself because that's kind of the main thing. I haven't really gone through all these tips and I don't know if I should really, is it something that I should just go through them and have some specific points to talk about or just wing it, you know, cause I'm, I can be good at both. Uh, but I'm not sure how to approach it first. You know, that's, I would say that your best bet because it's just you is winging it is fine, right? You might get some really fun reactions from yourself when you read a tip and think, oh, wow. Yeah, that was not good. Or, oh, wow. (laughs) That was actually surprisingly great. Um, and then worst case, if it doesn't work, you can, you know, take 20, 30 minutes, think about it, come back and re-record something. It's no big deal, right? Yeah. Um, if you're doing interviews or talking with other people, that doesn't work so well. So mm-hmm. I think winging it is probably a way to keep it feeling fresh so that it doesn't yeah. feel like, you know, you're just reading something. Um, but yeah, it's like your own personal advice unboxing video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you may, you may be right. And again, I'll open this to all the builders out there, you know, on the discord, 
uh, make sure to, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, call, call me out. Cause I usually, it's hard for me to check things out and I notice a little late, but yeah, if, if y'all have any thoughts on this, that, you know, it would be appreciated as well. But yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think that's just gonna, again, I'm not going to put more work on myself than I already have. Right. Um, right. Right. So I think, but yeah, I think, I, I, I think there. it's a, I think it's a great idea. The only other point of advice I think I'd give is to consider how long you want each episode to be. Um, yeah. And then don't yeah, like feel I like said. you have to stick to that. Right. Like, yeah. but give yourself the ability to like, you know, say, okay, it's going to be about this long. And if it goes shorter or longer, that's okay. Um, but give yourself a consistent target. I think that's helpful. You know I mean? We usually shoot for about an hour. Sometimes it's 45 mm -hmm. minutes. I've had episodes as short as 30. Sometimes it's two hours, right? You literally never know. But consistently, we average out to around an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I'm talking about 15 to 25 minutes because that's another uh, format, podcast format that people don't, don't usually do either. Short pod, short episodes mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, I, because I'm not going to be doing fluff. Like, again, you know, what's going on this week and stuff like that. I'm going straight to the things and people may even be like, okay, I may just save it and do like one tip a day literally and just stop the podcast this, this, uh, this day and then do the next. Probably people won't do that. Um, but, uh, I just want to be concise with the information and, mm -hmm. and not, you know, go around it too much and, and, and see if people can get something out of it. Yeah, I, 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 for one, especially knowing that it's a shorter thing, it's something that I would try and commit to listening to. I'm not the best at actually going through and listening to podcasts if they're too long, um, mm -hmm. which I know is funny because I do a podcast, but it's just different for me. I don't know. I struggle with it. Like, um, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I love listening to podcasts and uh, there, I used to listen to a lot more because there were a lot more and now it's just you know, there are a lot of them are gone. So no people Someday are, it'll just be BTG. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> yep. 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 You'll still be here. Just you. If, just if someone can, the... if someone can sabotage ludology, uh, we can become the longest running, uh, board game podcast. So that's all I need is somebody to sabotage ludology. Um, yeah. And we will <laughs> outlast them and, uh, we'll win. We'll win the award for longest running podcast, uh, on board games. Uh, that no one has, um, or game design specifically, uh, that no one has asked for uh, that award, but will have won it. So that's my plan. That's my plan. I think I think you'll be able to get there. I'm just never going to shut up. Of course, we're going to get there. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, uh, and one uh, one other thing, and this is kind of the most trivial thing, but honestly, the one that I know least about is is just getting like a i guess an introduction little introductions blurb kind of thing for the podcast or because i know you all you know chris Show has done the the intro stuff for you for a, a little while and and just where i can get maybe some license free music for for it uh you know stuff like that i honestly haven't gone that far into the research because at this point i may be you know i'm cutting it close because i'm i'm wanting to do it at the start of next year, right? So doing that whole year, 2023. Uh, so, but at this yeah, point, yeah. I, I'm 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 gonna have to pick up pace, you know. Well, remember, you could start recording episodes without an intro. But my here's my advice in an intro: true. go back in time, befriend someone 
who wants who's doing a podcast who's super well produced podcast who makes really good music befriend them wait till they burn out and give up on their podcast say around 100 episodes or so uh but they go out on top right uh and then that person every once in a while maybe if you're good friends with them will just send you music to put on your podcast will it be ridiculous yes will it be good heck yes um, but yeah, so, uh, that's, that's my best advice. No, really. I don't know what to tell you. Um, okay. but if Chris is around, uh, Chris probably has some good advice on that sort of thing. So you could okay. always ping him to ask him for advice on where to look for things. I think he uses acid loops still, if I, if I remember correctly, uh, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. Um, okay. I do not know for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it, it is the thing that I know least about. Again, it seems like you don't know a lot of it about it either much. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I'll start with Chris. Now, hopefully, yeah, he's no, Rob, listening. And, and <laughs> Rob did out. it. Rob did it for the show. Then we hired somebody from Fiverr. Then Rob left, and then Chris did it, and that's where we are now. So yeah, that's cool, what happened. Cool. Well, I think I think it, it, it's a it's a small thing. Like you said, I'll just start uh, recording episodes and and figure that out later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um. And I, and I and I guess that's mostly everything. I think I, I it seems like I'm more prepared than I thought it was. Just a couple of little. I think things you're in a great position. Still... Yeah, yeah. I I just want to see how bad of a designer I was five years ago. I probably wasn't too bad because I I I think I I'm very happy of how where I'm at now. So I probably did something right. So. Uh, but I'm excited to revisit that because it is fun. It's kind of like a time castle kind of thing. And I'm glad I, that I did it and I'm able to revisit it. And I'm glad that I'll be able to share it with everybody. Right, right. That is something that I, I am both interested and fearful to do is I would love some time to go back and start at the beginning of my own podcast and listen. Uh, <laughs> I, I, this, this is why I don't do it because honestly, I'm so afraid that I said so many cringy things or Rob said cringy things. I'm more worried about myself, frankly, than Rob, because <laughs> it's me. Um, and I'm more likely to, but like, I, I would be so tempted to go back and alter episodes. Like if it was like, if I oh, said something yeah. super stupid, like, right. You just feel like, Oh, I could fix that. Right. Um, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing I look at it as is it, it's, it's a documentary a good, podcast, right. And it, and it shows growth, Right. I mean, I yes. know that I've grown as a designer, I've grown socially, I've grown, um, you know, emotionally and intellectually, you in, know, in, in over 10 years by a lot, right? I, I've learned a lot of things. I've, I've become better um, as a person with this stuff and, and, and so many things. And so, yeah, so I think I probably will just never go back and listen. Yeah, probably not. That, I think that's probably the safest <laughs> bet. Honestly, I've I've never listened to any of your early episodes, but now I may I may be enticed <laughs> oh, to do no. so. And <laughs> I I the, what I can, there are so many ridiculous things we said that I don't remember. But the one that always sticks with me, that I always tell people whenever I remember because it's so dumb and it was just being such a noob and not understanding things was I remember we got custom dice made uh, for the podcast. Right, I still have them. But we we're looking into getting these custom dice made because uh, we ended up getting like a thousand of them because uh, Chessex did it wrong. They put it on the one, not the six, and we wanted it on the six. Um, and so they printed a whole other batch. So we had two batches of them. Um, and now I realize you want it on the one, not the six. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, it's inconsequential. But I remember saying, I said, you know, man, I don't understand. Like, 
why don't people put custom dice in every game? I mean, they're like 50 cents a piece. It's so cheap. Not realizing like what the actual cost of most board games is when they get them produced, right? And that 50 cents to a dollar for a couple components is actually a lot, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but these are things we just didn't know. You know, I mean, I never learned the four times or the five times rule, depending on who you're talking to and all of these things, uh, you know, so, so gosh, that was one of the dumber things I think I've ever said. And I'm sure, I'm sure there are worse things uh, that I've said that are way dumber than that. And probably, frankly, irresponsible, but you know, whatever. It's cool. (laughs) I mean, we are, we're always going to be meeting new designers, that's for sure. And, and, and they may have questions about that kind of stuff and we can't never treat people like, oh, that's a dumb thing to ask, right? Because people are at a right, different right. stage in their design career right. and, and, and we ask and all those dumb questions. And such. <laughs> yeah. So. so awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, Hey, this is a, uh, this has been a fun conversation here. I figured like, we feel like we copy, we covered about 70 topics over the course of one episode. Look at us. You're right. Go, right. Go, go. It was all over the place, but I think uh, it's a good one. And then in the end, you pitched a podcast instead of a game, so yes, it worked out. Yes, so game des- uh, board game design in three sixty five uh, by Julio Nazario, uh, releasing first week of twenty twenty three. I said it here; it's just gonna happen. Can't take so it back. what we'll do is on the New Year's episode. I'll say this now, and hopefully, I'll remember on the New Year's episode. Let's have you on, Julio, and you can tell Ooh. us that the first one's been published, and then we can talk about what our expectations are for this new year. 2023 yeah. i guess i'll have to publish the first since the first one is the introduction i have to publish yeah. it before the 2023 so now i, I you have could, less time you could also <laughs> just publish them on the same day i, I don't think there's anything wrong with that publishing episode yeah. zero and episode one on the same day um because yeah. episode zero is really just a teaser episode one is where you get into the real thing so i would personally i would just drop them on the same day and let people have at it yeah yeah i think yeah okay yeah there you go, man. I'm glad I, I talked to you about this. At least, uh, you know, after after so many years of knowing you, I finally get something out of it. <laughs> hey, I knew Rob and this podcast for 10 years. And when he left, I told him that the one piece of good advice that he gave me over the years was that mustard brings out the flavor of things. And that was about <laughs> it. So um, but he's right, though, man. man. Mustard is just really good. I think you've broken a record of how much you've mentioned Rob in an episode since he's left. So you know, somebody's yeah, missing yeah. him. Well, he did move away. So now he lives in Minnesota. Oh, really? So he doesn't even live by me oh. anymore. Yeah. He got a new job and him and Christine moved to Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, we actually, funny. We actually text quite a bit now because now that he's not around, I never see him. But, uh, yes, I do miss Rob sometimes, not on this podcast for sure, but like in general, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I hope, you know, that it all works out for him and best of success to him and Christine. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, hey, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of a bunch of random topics uh, with su- two super cool dudes. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can, of course, go to buildinggamepodcast.com. There you can find a link to our Discord. You can, of course, email us at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitter at podcastbtg, at jaslingerland, at hunasaru. You can also uh, come back every single week and listen to us. And until next time, good night. Buenas noches. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game.
in the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends, the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends.